0: Okay, mind if we do a clap quick? Sure. Three, two, one. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's
0: so we can sync up. Okay. So you said you listened to a few of the shows, so you kinda get the gist. Um if yes. he points if Bullhagan points at you, we, we, we refer to them as last names and you are Vicar. Okay. Uh you don't you don't get a last name until you're a pastor. Uh sorry about that. <laughs>
2: um ah, that's fine. You, sorry, sorry, not sorry.
0: You uh if you get pointed at by Bull Hagen, usually he wants you to say, Hey Peter, play the intro. Almost all the time.
2: Oh, okay. and then his cheat sheet.
0: Yeah, where's the did past Victor leave a cheat sheet? There you go. At some point Bird will say, So where can they get a hold of us? And you just have to read those off.
3: Okay.
2: P is in podcast for the Twitter, he'll say at me bro.
1: Recorded live at Talks and Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Heirs Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tasting Studios, this is a Clerical Heirs Podcast. The show
2: that shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Berg. And I'm Vicker. Yes, this is a new Vicker. So, welcome. 18. Thank you.
3: 0. Thank you very much.
1: Which installment of the podcast is this? We started with Baldwin. You're the fourth vicar on the podcast.
3: Yeah, I know. Don't you feel this blessed? Is,
2: is that season four then? Right. This is season four. Season four. I feel
3: very blessed. Wow.
2: I mean, we've got we must have gotten most of the bugs out by this point, right? Uh.
0: To make no, it a little no, bit no, easier no. for them. Here's the thing:
2: we're clerical errors. If we have all the bugs out, then we're not as good of a show. That's that's true. <laughs> that's what makes it good. It's like Windows 10. We just keep adding bad things back in just so you can look forward to the new update.
1: Yeah. So uh, we've done a top 12 get to know your Vicar, but I don't necessarily... I already have a top 12 list. Right. So we can... Uh, just kind of pepper them with questions today. Just So what what can we know about this updated uh, Vicar app? Do you know why we call it a Vicar app? Why is that? Because the the original... Um, was that 15.0? Uh, that, that was how we got him involved was... You know, he was kind of ready
2: with the Google. Yeah, he was like our Alexa. Right. And okay. so we would ask him questions, and then he would respond or try to.
1: Right. So it would be a, hey, Vicar, what's the, you know, so you're the Vicar app. That's why we call give you 18.0.
3: So I just shoot from the hip with an answer on those?
1: Yeah. Or okay. if you're a fast Googler.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, So how do you
0: feel about animal sounds?
3: Yeah. One vicar was quite gifted at that. Um, I guess my daughters get a kick out of animal sounds from time <laughs> to time. Um, oh, it gives me hope. It gives me yeah. hope. Yep. Are, I, our listeners do too. Are you, are you a little nervous about this? Were you unsure oh. about being – because I actually
1: don't make the vicar. I mean, there's kind of peer pressure, but I don't make the vicar be a part of it.
2: No, no. Peer pressure is equals. Oh, yes. Right? This is, this right. is top down. This is Coach saying, yeah – um, these It'd be summer, really these, nice if these you really went workouts
1: through. are uh,
3: optional. <laughs> <laughs> I would say a healthy nervous about it. I'm trying to be all in as a vicar.
1: And but, actually, I think I do think it's a learning process. It's it, it, don't you think? Agree? You've seen the vicars be a part. It actually right. You, you know it's a good part of the education really to, of speaking and public speaking and because you know we've noticed that uh, sometimes. Pastor, I work down involves speaking into a microphone.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a fun show. We're glad you're a part of it. So it's going to be awesome. And and we go for, you know, genuine talk because people wonder what pastors think about. Mm-hmm. That's different from real talk, which happens sometimes. Right,
1: right. So we were going to be un- unpolished a little bit, but that's kind of the point, really, because uh, a lot of Christian podcasts are very polished, you know, and... Uh, portray a certain you know that's not us
3: i feel like i was a listener first so i get to see that yeah it this helps show people that pastors are real people too so i think it's great and i bought a brought a beverage
1: today yes all right i'm kind of excited about this so i I want i'm going to put you get get in your mind okay it's a scary place to be you know yeah i know so do you ever have like you're really thirsty for a nice lemon lime
3: soda all the time, actually. Yeah, you big lemon lime. Oh, I love it. Yeah. How about you, Vicar? Maybe a lemon beer, like a lining kugel. <laughs> a man after my own heart.
4: <laughs>
3: All right. A lime beer? Oh,
1: like a corona with a lime is not bad. That's not bad. A blue moon with an orange? Sure. I'm kind of, you know, if I would drink beer, it'd be a corona right now because I am. Berg
2: notices I am slowly
1: evolving into a beach bomb.
2: You are. I. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the day when you leave a note it says I, i've I've gotten to Florida
0: <laughs> I mean I've got like uh, what would you call the pants that you're wearing right now
1: uh okay this is this is a really dated reference really dated reference if you are over the age of forty three <laughs> okay
2: I'll ask do you remember jams well, none of us here are over the age of 43, on MTV? so no no no.
1: All right, you, Mr. Uh, producer, if you could put on the screen here a picture of
2: uh, Jams, I think it might have been with his E shorts. Ah, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. I think they were still wearing those in the '90s too, weren't they? I believe they were. Holy cats. Yeah, that, that really is what it is, isn't it? That is loud and obnoxious. Thank you.
0: Anyway, so you're you're okay. have, you have an interesting attire. Right. You're turning. Vicar, into a one thing foam. you'll
1: notice is I I. And I've been open about this. I got a little ADHD in me. So sometimes the producer has to bring me back on track. I was going to say, we're getting kind of far afield. (laughs) So everyone likes a good lemon lime soda, right? But I I thought I should do a public service because everyone goes, okay, well, which one do I want? Oh, we're doing a taste
2: test again? We're doing a lemon lime taste test. Yes. Ooh. Right? Poor Peter. He never gets any of this cool stuff.
1: But he could, you know, but I I think because people go, they go to the the convenience store. I really want, I really want me some lemon lime soda. I know you've been there, you know, or probably for your your case. Oh, I've got a sick kid who needs some lemon lime soda and I'm going to buy too much. So which one should I get? Because I have to drink it.
3: That's what they do. I have a (laughs) stomachache. Can I try sipping some pop? Right, right. So, so I have some different lemon lime sodas so
1: that you, the listener, when you go to the convenience store and you're like, uh, which one should I get? This is where we kick in and help, you know. Uh, we call this a mercy project in, in our synod. Um,
2: <laughs> so Did you get same level allocated? allocated? comfort dogs? <laughs> so I've,
1: I've got the drinks here, all right, and uh, I need you gentlemen because I need to pour them, but it's got to be a blind taste test.
2: Alright, I'll shut I've got my eyes shut. So
1: Alright. Alright, I'm gonna pour
3: number one.
0: While he's still going, Vicar, what's your macro brew of brew of choice?
3: Would you consider Labatt Blue a macro beer at this point? Seeing
0: mm. as I've never heard of it.
3: I've never heard of no, it either. It's Canadian.
0: This is
1: this is so seminarian. Huh? Like okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna make fun of seminarians. Like a seminarian could never admit that it, that there is a Macro brew that he actually enjoys because his friends might be listening.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I just never drink like in college. Go, go ahead, on. sorry, sorry, Vicker.
3: In in college, I went to Michigan Tech, and my friends from Frankenmuth always had Bush All right, light. Open
1: guys. By the way, here's here's number one.
2: Number one. All right. That doesn't taste like much
3: anything. Yeah, it's kind of doesn't taste real fresh pair nicely with some gin hey
2: now we're talking yes so good work
3: vicar yes you're, uh, you're
1: making a good impression take some of those well, what kind of what you can by the way Vickers closing his eyes while i drink it i'm not sure what that's doing in a clear cup but you do you man
2: <laughs>
3: it's good
1: you like that one now you got to finish your cup so i can get ready for the next
2: one here yep it was <laughs> it has kind of a metallic taste to it
1: <laughs> yeah Right? Or I mean
3: cardboard. Cardboard. Like, yeah. There's something yeah. wrong with it. It
1: tastes like a uh, like a lemon lime soda that's been sitting in grandma's fridge for a while.
2: Well, when I heard you open <laughs> up the first one, and it just kind of went I'm like, "Oh man, this isn't going to be that good."
3: Flat Sprite maybe. So what kind of gin? I don't have the all the brands down. I just usually the free kind for me. Yeah. So well, when see people you're offer also it, I a- like it.
2: You're also a prudent man, so I, I like that, too. That's All right, good. this
1: is number two. Close your eyes. Close your eyes.
2: So you were telling your story about Frankenmuth, your friends from Frankenmuth. Okay.
3: Bush Light, you said? That was their beer of choice, but again, it was free. You're right, I'm prudent. Um, but my friends and I usually bought Beast Ice, Milwaukee's best ice, because it was cheap. That's right. And high-octane.
1: Yeah, the 40-ounce, living the dream.
3: Those or or the 30 packs, which several of them fit in a hockey bag, by the way.
1: (laughs) All right. You can open your eyes now. This is number two. Okay. This one smells fresher. Does it smell fresher?
3: More bubbles, too.
2: Very different, actually.
3: Much more carbonated.
2: Much more carbonated. Yeah, this one would, I think, pair really well with gin, especially the kind of the sweetness on the top of the mouth. Mm Mm-hmm a a crisper it is Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good word
0: so we're reading these like a one out of five or are you guys just putting
1: one above another? we'll rank them we're done rank them yeah because right now i'm like uh two is
2: the second one is number one
1: Mm -hmm. for me
2: yeah the first one is like number five out of three that bad huh it's like getting third in a two-man race (laughs) wait how old were those cups maybe it was just dusty
5: cups
1: no, they were new. Okay. All right, you're right. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> ready for number three? Good we're point. For a second. <laughs> All right, close your eyes. Close your eyes. This is number three.
2: I'm kind of rooting for this one because this one kind of gets a bad rap. So, Vicar, where are you from in Michigan?
3: From north of the Grand Rapids area, northwest of there, along the along the lakeshore.
2: Ah, very nice.
3: A little town called Allendale is where we lived. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, this is this is number, number three. There you go, Vicar. That's more, has a sweet, it's sweeter. Mm-hmm. Definitely sweeter. Less citrusy and more sweet. I'm going 231. 231 so far? Number two just tastes more like a classic lemon lime soda. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like
2: a little bit of a caramel taste in this one. See, we just need a palate cleanser to really get the full.
3: Well, we only got one more left. All right. I think this one was a little smoother.
2: You think that one's smoother? Yeah. Mm hmm. Is that, is that good or... Yes, mm-hmm. I think so. Is that what you want from a soda? Yes. All right, number four. So you, uh, since you grew up near uh, Grand Rapids, and they've got, what, Calvin College there? Yes. Right? So were there a lot of uh, Calvinists in the area that you grew up knowing or...
3: Yes, it's kind of a, a reformed area. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, uh, especially... From Allendale to Lake Michigan over in Holland, they have the Dutch heritage.
2: You'll find that in some places in Iowa, like, um, oh, what's the, like Pella is really Mm -hmm. Dutch. They got some of the best beaches in the
1: Midwest out there.
3: Yeah, sandy beaches facing west, so you get the sunset. All right, what do you think of this one, Berg?
2: I mean, it's good. I'm not sure where to put it in the rank. Right. Is it better than the last one? I would
1: say I would put this as number two.
2: Yeah, two, four, three, one. Two, four, yeah. three,
3: three, one is what I got. I would almost think this is that second one again. It's that close for me.
2: Yeah, it's that's where I'm. I'm not sure if it should be like close to number one or.
1: But yeah. I, I do think number
2: two is by far and away the best. It's it'd be hard.
3: Yeah, I want to try 2 again. You want to try 2 again? Mm-hmm. All right. And hey, this is still better. Number 2 is still a little better than that one.
2: I I think I agree. I think I would go 2431.
3: <clears throat>
2: All right,
1: so number 1 was The first one we had was Fountain 7 Up.
2: Fountain like from
1: from a soda fountain, which is why it wasn't quite as bubbly. Right, yeah. Cuz I I had gotten that 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes
3: ago from Quick star. yeah. <laughs> so it was seven up, though. Yeah, it was seven uh-huh. up.
0: Okay. And third place was number three.
3: Number three
1: was um, Sierra Mist. That was your.
0: That was your
2: interesting.
1: Underdog. No wait. You're, all these numbers are confusing me. The number third
0: th- one you did was the one you said got a bad rap and was the underdog.
1: Yes, that was Sierra Mist, but I thought it was smooth. Yes. And yeah, the I like mine one, a little
0: harsher. So, the last one you did was number four. That was, number
1: four was um, seven up from a can.
0: Okay. And the second one you did, which you ranked the number one drink, Sprite. Okay.
1: Hmm. So Sprite, Sprite was uh, the consensus number one. So listener, now you know. Uh, if if there are any arguments about this. You know, because sometimes the reason why you do this blind is like we found out with a macro beer that people will say, oh man, that's the worst one be, just by.
2: Yeah. Whatever. And if there sensible. are any sprite, you know, people listening, you know, we would for sure do, uh, you know, publicity for you. So, for so, and, and we also kind of learned that, you know, maybe Sierra
1: Mist might be okay for some, you know, but, but really if you want, like, the consensus best lemon lime soda, you gotta go with Sprite. Yeah,
0: Berg, are we on the same page that we would definitely rename the podcast to uh Clerical Errors Podcast by Sprite? Like I would I would do that. I think I would
2: do you know if they if they kept the money rolling in, I, yeah, I would yeah
3: <laughs> Where Vicar, where could they where could the the Coca-Cola bottling company get a hold of us? Well they could email us at feedback at clericalerrors.org. They could find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash clerical errors podcast or at Twitter at Clerical Errors P for podcast. At me bro. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you're confused, Are you right? <laughs> I forget what I'm if I'm supposed to say something. No, that. no, you're <laughs> good. No. <laughs> you're <Okay>. good. <laughs> no. You're
1: supposed to say gloriously awkward, is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and you succeeded. Good, good job. job Man, we need to talk about what we're preaching on. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, uh, Hannah, I hope you're enjoying your breakfast with your aunts and uncles. And I hope all the left handers survive.
2: Oh, That's yeah, a joke yeah. For literally just Hannah. But, uh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What are there a lot of left-handed people in her family? Apparently. I don't know. Yeah. Three out of eight. Three out of eight. Man, that's awesome. Those are great odds, indeed.
1: Never tell me the odds. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. W- um. We're we're working a little head. So we're. We haven't really thought about our text yet, but we're gonna start thinking about it now. What is uh, the text that uh, we'll be talking
3: about? It's Mark chapter 7, uh, 31 through 37, and that's the healing of a deaf and mute man.
0: Okay. You want to read the whole thing or give us a summary?
3: How about I read it? (laughs) There we go. Then Jesus left the vicinity... Don't don't mess this up,
1: okay? Say it like I mean it. Come on, let's go. Okay. Make sure
3: you talk into your mic as well. Yep, there you go. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon... Down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of Decapolis. There, some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged him to place his hands on the man. After he took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears, then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to the, here, to the he looked up to heaven, and with a deep sigh said to him, e- epaphatha." which means be opened. At this time, the man's ears were opened. His tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. All right. By the way, you know how... The little quirkiness of vicars bring
1: me joy. Birds. Yes. That that split second when it comes across a difficult word
2: is one of those times. Mm-hmm. Like they know it's coming and they're And you just hate it. And you just hate it. <laughs> Why does that yeah. word have to be there? Oh, you have you have to go uh, <laughs> listen to the episode uh to uh what is it? What was it, Pro- Prophesy or Prosify? Pro-
4: Prosify <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
2: Where there was a vicar during a church service. A funeral. Well, yeah, a funeral. So just go listen to that one. Right. So it's it's the awesome. text
1: that used that word about eight times. He got it wrong the first time, and he was trying to work out each time he pr- pronounced it the correct pronunciation. <laughs> like he was slowly <laughs> getting kind of closer, but then he would do one and like, oh, that's not right, and then and then so he was doing that vicar pause before the word each time, and I, to control the laughter during a funeral from the supervisor, it was hard. I believe it. So. So, um, so, uh, what do you preach it on that? You, you, you might have, sometimes you work ahead, Berg. Do you have your sermon worked out for this one? Yet? I don't,
2: but I was just listening to the, uh, I was just listening to the, uh, the first sentence here when he read it. And it's like, man, you could do a whole sermon off that, uh, that first sentence, just all the places that Jesus is going. Mm-hmm. Like for example, Tyre and Sidon, um, You know, uh, back in the days of David, Tyre was a great ally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hiram, the king of Tyre, actually provides all the cedar wood for the temple. And also during the days of Solomon, Uh, until, you know, they actually become a a place of judgment and reproach uh, during the time of um, Isaiah, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sidon, Um, Jezebel comes from Sidon, right? She's the one who introduces Baal worship into the northern kingdom. And uh, so you have these two places that, well, you know, that are just full of judgment, Mm -hmm. right? that are bad places. And Jesus is actually walking and preaching and teaching there in these Mm -hmm. places that no one would ever expect the Messiah to go. And then he not only goes to those two places, but then he goes to the Decapolis. And the Decapolis, what does that mean? If You break it up. Uh uh the city of ten. Ten cities. Ten right? cities, yes. Deca, meaning ten and polis meaning cities, right? Um so here he goes among the Greeks, right? Mm-hmm. The these people who have never received uh the revelation of the prophets or anything like that, uh before he gets to the Sea of Galilee. So it's it's fascinating how our Lord here is already prefiguring uh, how he's going to send his gospel out into the very ends of the earth. And it,
1: and it is amazing, too, when you think about that part of the world, which one reason why I think uh, God chose that place and that time to send his son is you could walk,
4: <laughs>
1: literally walk and go to talk to the Greeks. Right. You could ta- mm-hmm. go to Tyre, you could go to Sidon, you could all these different places being such a
2: crossroads right there, Right, and we forget about the value of places. And you know, having lived here now, this is my ninth year here in this area. you're, I don't even remember, seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth. Um, I'm I am just a few months from twenty years here. Wow! Thanks be to God. Uh, places mean stuff, mm-hmm. right? When you hear Harbin Park. Or Skinny Patton's Corner,
1: right? Yeah, it right? actually happened yesterday because we were uh, went to Valley Fair, and uh, our uh, our youth leader told Vicar that we'll be turning at Skinny Patton's Corner.
3: Do you remember that? Yes, but he, he uh, just said that to confuse you. I had no idea what he was talking about. Right,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but like all of those places have have meanings to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they're. Good meanings, sometimes they're bad meanings. Well, it's the same way in the Bible, right? These are real places. These are places that you can visit. There are places that have a long-standing history with uh, with Israel, sometimes good, sometimes bad, um, and all of that plays in. Like if we talk about Gettysburg, we all know what we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's kind of the same thing here. Is Jesus is going to these places, and most of us don't really know. Much about these right. places,
1: yeah. To so talk about Tyre and Sidon right now it would be like me telling Vicker where's you know Skinny Patton's corner,
2: right? Or I mean, or like Middle Earth or some kind of nonsense, right? Or Bertland, Bertonia, yeah, Bertonia, right? <laughs> I miss him, man. I know, I miss, I miss Bert too. We need to get him a microphone.
1: Yeah, Bert. I think uh you know maybe sometime before you know it's been a while. You need to be regrounded here at the studio.
2: It's the truth before school starts. (laughs) Yes. So I was thinking that even the the first verse. That's a good point. Could be a sermon all on its own that here, like these are some pretty terrible places. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of evil has come out of these places and God speaks great judgment against a lot of these places. And yet our Lord goes here and he preaches and he teaches and he sheds the light of the gospel on them. Uh, and and then not only that is,
1: Jesus then heals this deaf mute in a very physical way. Right,
2: and what's interesting there is, uh, you know, that was because. By the we... way, listener, just so in case you're worried, this was pre COVID. Ah, so badumch. Um. Anyway, so but what else is interesting about that? It's not just that he he heals him in a physical way, which I think has a lot to do with. Jesus communicating with the man on what he's going to do. Right. Um, but this also, he takes him away from the crowd. Because unlike us, Jesus doesn't really care about numbers. hmm You know, because if Jesus cared about numbers and getting likes or retweeted or whatever, Yeah. he would have... So he would not say, at me, bro. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> 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 But you know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Like, Jesus completely, you know, I mean, he, this would have been a great miracle for people to say, oh, yeah, he's going to, you know, look at how great Jesus is.
1: Kind of like the, how you know, you know, a, a healer nowadays who claims to be a healer. They do it so that, they stage it so that everyone will, you know, believe what's going on and yeah. what he
2: says. I was listening to a podcast, The Art of Manliness, uh, one of their episodes on this kind of stuff. And uh, it is like this sort of social media need, like this this desire for recognition and all of this kind of stuff. Um, it really drives a lot of what we do online. Um, and Jesus isn't like that. Jesus cares about the truth. He wants, and this is why he commands him afterward not to go tell anybody about it. Mm-hmm. So that way this stuff won't, wouldn't be misunderstood. And that he wouldn't be misunderstood simply as a, a healer. This, this is
1: Because I, I have ADHD, it reminds me of uh, something that is completely unrelated, but it's something I want to talk about. Go for it. That is, uh, I watched a Netflix show, and it was about mushrooms. You know, I figured I'm a fun guy. I should like this. So, like, the
2: literal mushrooms. Yeah. Okay. Did you hear me, Burke? I said, I'm a fun guy. I, I should like. I, okay, I heard you. <laughs> I just chose to ignore it. Okay, I heard it.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, if you get a chance, I had to encourage you to because I thought, oh, I kind of like the nature shows, you know, especially ones mm-hmm. that incorporate the ocean and beaches and that kind of thing. But this this was more about mushrooms because I don't know much much about mushrooms, and uh, it had a lot of interesting things I didn't know about mushrooms. But then, like a typical Netflix show, okay. Um, generally when you watch a nature show, it's like the first half is good. And then they talk about humans and global warming's ruining everything. Oh yeah. It had a little bit of that, you know, but it went in a really weird th- way of talking about, well, it talked about why, why penicillin came to be from, from, uh, you know, from, from that kind of thing. But then it talked about the, the really High point of it, and the, the the writing of it was the psychedelic aspect. Of, I, of
2: course, right. And uh, not that you can sell mushrooms to you know these uh, restaurants for buku bucks, right? You know, just oh, they they make you crazy. And uh, and
1: so uh, they were talking about how they were giving the mushroom. Mushroom to towards the end to people who are dying of cancer, and they said things like, um, "Well, after this session, they put they what they do is they you go into this uh, room, they put headphones on you, and make sure you're safe, and they give you the mushroom, and apparently you have some sort of experience." Okay, Um, which I'm not suggesting we do on the show, although it would make a pretty amazing episode. I mean. Berg, ri- do Berg you- on a
2: shroom would be... Do you really want to uh, lose control of your reason, though, no, man? No, no. But I would like to see you do that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Peter, I, well, I think we could raise a lot of money for the podcast. I digress. Patreon-only episode? Yeah. But uh, so what they were doing is, literally, if you want to talk about demonic stuff... The whole point was everything they said. The person who took the mushroom was the same kinds of things that we teach through the gospel, mm-hmm. except there was no gospel. It was right. You know, I realized I was part of something bigger, and I no longer am afraid of death. I under they would even say things like, "I I really learned the true meaning of love and what it means to love someone." And just, it was like right down the line, everything that we do. Only. Right. And they o- talk, only. even even eternity, you know, you know, where we would say, obviously, true eternal life, it would be, you know, the understanding of the life cycle and blah, 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 right. blah. But it was everything that we would say when we bring the Gospels to someone who is dying, that they hold on to as a believing Christian, that they find hope, by the way, without psychedelics,
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, by the way, and also one of the great pro- guy who like the 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 great mushroom scientist who's on there, he started out in a the
2: great mushrooms. Is yeah. this like Mario, <laughs>
1: <laughs> or is it toad, or is it toadstool, <laughs> princess toadstool? <laughs> no, um, it's a. He started out growing. He grew up in a Pentecostal, yeah, environment where he he started to see connection between what they were doing. And they even bring in how we need religious leaders who are kind of getting behind this because they see the value in it. And, uh, you know, on the one hand, if there are some ways that it actually, you know, I'm not all against, like, going out of way to losing your mind. I mean, people take all sorts of different medications for all sorts of different reasons. But when it... When it gives someone, it says, "It says, oh, I'm no longer afraid of dying. I can accept it. I've learned to love. And that's all without Christ. That does a lot of damage.
2: Yeah, you should probably stay away from that. Mm-hmm. And it was... Uh, well, and, you know, I even, I don't know. I think about this, too, with some of our members, you know, where I know they have rules about um, things like uh, morphine and, and that sort of thing. But, boy, it's pretty hard in their last hours if you can't, talk to them, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't actually be there and they, you know, they are in such a deep medicated sleep that, right.
1: you know, you actually, sometimes I actually will text when they've had their last medication and, and right. try and see them before they get their next dose so I can actually visit with them because it makes that much of a difference. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting to me because like, I was just wanting to want, learn about,
3: you know mushrooms. I don't know much about mushrooms. Well, now you know a lot about mushrooms. Right. Do they grow by the beach?
1: No, not so much. Okay. Well, I, no, actually, I would say they grew everywhere. Do they? Uh,
2: do you have pigs to help find them?
1: No, they didn't talk about that. See, they, that's I thought maybe they talked about some of the truffles and some of the, the wonderful yeah. tasting. No, you know where we are. It's all about getting high
2: now. <laughs> yes, that is where we are as a society. <laughs> Okay, Vicar, please save us from ourselves. So, going back to the, the miracle here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to add, Vicar?
3: Well, I, as you were talking about those locations, I was I was thinking how proud they would be to have seen Jesus, kind of that he stopped there in, in their town, and it's, it's written in history. And uh, then how Jesus was kind of going to the lost sheep of the house of Israel first, just like you said, mm-hmm. his apostles would do, and and his how the gospel would spread, and then to the Gentiles. So I was just kind of taking that in, and that makes a lot of sense now.
1: One one thing I think that we could, from a societal point of view, that we could say about this is, is right now there is a kind of a fractioning of true Christianity of people who think that Christianity is about, uh, you know, it's the white people's religion ultimately. And uh, is is really when they think of, um, uh, for example, there, I've heard that uh, Christianity was something they imposed on African American and people, and how there's there's a um, you know, another actually something I talked I saw where where uh, Native Americans, you know, are seeking to maybe who have been Christianized to go back to the, the religions that they're forefathers gave them to remember that really Christianity because of texts like this that we see you know the, the historically the Christian Church has been more African and Asian than it has been white, white.
2: yeah in fact like Sweden wasn't converted until the 14th 15th century mm-hmm um, and in fact there's a there was a huge neo-pagan uh Renaissance in Norway and Sweden and they actually burnt down a few stave churches back in the 90s I believe so yeah
1: and this is something uh, that I can do with Berg as a podcast that no other podcast can do because no other podcast has Berg <laughs> is I can even say okay so Berg for example if you think of some
2: of the the church fathers of the church okay early church what kind of places do they come from? Well, Tertullian came from North Africa, um, let's see, a little bit later, um, well, you have Ambrose, who's also in North Africa, you have, uh, um, oh, uh, you know, um, Cyril of Alexandria, which is in Egypt, Mm -hmm. you have, um, oh, let's see, who else, Athanasius is from Egypt, um. Yeah, Although, yeah. so I mean, really, there's a lot of North African, a lot of people actually in the East, mm-hmm. uh, which we would consider to be like the Balkans, t- modern-day Turkey, and the like. So from the beginning, you know, white folks are late to the game. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of this is just so... Not that I'm... Yeah, I mean, Yeah. It's, uh, actually they sent, uh, it's funny because, you know, the slavery is such a big issue nowadays. Uh, one of the stories on why missionaries got sent to England was because in Rome, they saw two, uh, angles who were, uh, on the block for, for, for slavery. And so they were going to be sold. And, uh, one of the guys said, you know, you know, when the Pope asked, okay, you know, who are these guys? Who are these blonde haired, blue eyed people? And they said, "Well, angels." And he said, "More, they're more like angels." And so he sent them um, Anselm uh, as a missionary. Hmm. So you know. So did you know that? No. Yeah, that's this is this is
1: where the uh, the 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 vicar goes. Do all pastors know this much?
2: (laughs) So yeah, I mean, so it's interesting. I uh, yeah, to say that this is a a white man's well, actually, what. In the book of Acts, you have the Ethiopian eunuch converting before right. any sort of you know albino people like myself. So
1: the point, the, so the point is there. It is really one we're one people.
2: Yeah, and that at the same time, I guess I would add that um, that doesn't take away from the the distinctives of any of these nations. Mm-hmm. Um, We have our own particular culture, and that includes both good and bad things. And every culture should be getting rid of the bad things and focusing on the good. Mm -hmm. Just like, uh, you know, a lot of Mexican girls celebrate their, what, Quinceyera. It's a great tradition. Going to the cemetery on the Day of the Dead to eat and drink with their dead relatives, not such a good idea. And so that's the thing. It, it has more to do with the culture. What do, what does a particular people believe, teach, and confess? And we can see this on a micro level in families. Mm-hmm. Certain families have certain traditions that they do at certain times of the year or before they eat and, or and whatever.
1: We, we follow this, follow this in the, the Christian church, too, when we have, oh, we've always done it that way, is a reason to do certain traditions that may not always be so helpful.
2: Right. And, you know, even between our two congregations— they spring from a from the same source, and yet the traditions are different, mm-hmm. and that's all right, right? As long as these things are not militating against the gospel. Is and it, so, anybody you know, want any more uh, Sprite or Seven Up or Yeah, pour me something. Pour me the really flat one, then I can just get rid of it with coffee.
1: <laughs> all right, where'd that go?
2: But yeah, I mean, that's the thing: is that uh, you want anything? Know f- sure,
3: surprise me. Surprise anything. you.
1: Well. I'll give you the can so that I can close the lids of the other. That was number two, so it won't be too bad.
3: Okay.
2: So, yeah. Um, you know, because I think that's that's the other error we can fall into and just say, oh, yeah, we're all one people without recognizing any sort of distinctions. Because that's what Christ does. You know. Well, um, Christ, he receives people while he recognizes the distinctions within right. them. Um, that's why he has an inner circle. That's why Peter, James, and John go with him everywhere. Um, Jesus sees, uh, the different distinctions in people and he speaks the gospel to them in peculiar ways. Mm -hmm. And so that's the other thing is, you know, we don't want to, yes, we are all descended from Noah and from his children and from his children. And that's good. You know, we are all of one blood. But that doesn't, you know. Just like my brothers and I are very, very different people, uh, and that is then communicated to our families.
1: I remember when I was at your wedding, and I, I saw your brothers. Like, I, some don't look even related to you.
2: No, my actually, my cousins <laughs> and I look more like siblings than my brothers and I do. And Could we have, you, I think you take more after your mom, and then your brothers take more after your dad. Yeah, with differing, yeah. And then my brother Luke has really, he has a lot darker skin, which he gets from my dad's mom, you know, and then our different temperaments. And, you know, that is then reflected in our own families. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing, right? Um, So I guess that's my only point is that we talk about our, we talk about all these things. We are one people, but at the same time to recognize the differences, the differences in families, the differences in nations, mm-hmm. and to, and to, uh, Subject it all under the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, that the good things should be celebrated as coming from Christ and the bad things should be pruned. And and Vi- and Vicar is here as a reminder that even good things can come from Michigan.
3: This is true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love Michigan. I know. People from Michigan really love Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like, for real, they really love Michigan. I've, I've it's kind of like f- the same way that my wife loves a
1: rescue dog. <laughs> it's kind of like... <laughs> It's a little damaged. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm sorry, Peter, the producer. We are all over the place today.
0: Oh, yeah. Today is very different from normal in that you guys are all over the
1: place this time. By the way, congratulations on passing your Comsha network. What was it? Yeah, yeah, Fred. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Passed another test. you got one more to go or before or what? Let's... I'm not sure yet. We're working on it. Someone needs a good IT guy. We got a well-qualified person. On the Currently market. living on the market in the Kansas City area.
2: But he's, he still needs time to produce our podcast because otherwise this wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. All
1: right.
3: So I, I should get to my top 12 list. Hey, Peter, play that intro. <laughs>
1: Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. I
0: like you had you had to take a look at your note real quick and make sure you said the right thing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's what you tell. Oh yeah, I've listened to the show. <laughs> All right, uh, top twelve list. Top twelve list. So, um, uh, do you know why it's a top twelve list picker?
3: Why we we I would choose twelve? It's it's quite a holy number. Yeah, that's right. It represents the church.
2: There we go. Yeah.
0: Well, so like. So- well what like how many how many disciples are there twelve right how many well, how many apostles a, well twelve apostles 12 disciples uh what else uh, how many tribes of Israel
2: twelve 13 <laughs> because Joseph becomes two tribes <laughs> and Levi doesn't count
3: that's why you're here <laughs> <laughs>
2: but you're right See, I mean, by the way that
1: happened to a previous vicar and Peter was setting you up for that. Yeah, I was. <laughs> so <laughs>
5: All
1: right. So my top 12 list is um we've talked many times about uh how to talking to your pastor, right? That Yep. It's and and this is more geared towards especially um if you are sometimes it's whether it's you have a problem, you have a an issue in your own Right. Conscience, you know, confession, absolution. But also we've talked about is if there's something that uh, maybe you're struggling with and uh, you're having an issue with your pastor, Mm -hmm. which happens all the time. Yep. And so we say, rather than talk to everyone else about it, who should you talk to? Talk to your pastor. Yep. So this um, this is a thing, though. People have trouble doing that, whether for whatever reason, and they don't know how to approach the pastor. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, this is a top twelve list to of top twelve ways of things that uh, you can do that uh, in approaching your pastor. And this is particularly if you have some questions or your something's come up, which always happens. In every relationship, number twelve. Depending upon what it is you need to talk about, schedule a time, give them a heads up of what it is you want to talk about. Yeah, so that there, it's because a lot of times someone might have an issue and and they approach you at a time where there's really not much time to talk about it, or other people are around, mm-hmm. and it's just not you're not maybe in the right place to answer it correctly. So if it's something that you want to talk about go ahead and schedule time and then that little give the pastor a little heads up
2: that's that's actually huge i listened to a diff another art of manliness podcast episode and they said that too is that you know if you tell somebody we need to talk that immediately puts you on the defensive mm-hmm. and so to give them that idea of okay this is what we're going to talk about um it kind of diffuses the situation right
1: and and my, my point is too is and in this is you want to have resolution to whatever issue it is. Right. And it could be a whole host of things. Number 11. Talk to your pastor before you get really emotionally involved. And he should be the first one you talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I, I put it this way is, is you could say something kind of bothers you and you need a little clarification. If you don't talk about it later... What happens is it grows on you. Yep. And maybe the pastor's doing something that is bothering you that he has no idea about that he could address. Right. And so, and and so, what happens is, all of a sudden, you, the kind of growing resentment or anger can come out, and all of a sudden, boom, like
2: a ton of bricks, and the pastor has no idea where this came from. Yeah, I listened to uh, one pastor at the Bugenhagen conference. He was talking about this and. This I can't remember exactly how it went, but this lady was mad at him for something, and she just uh, just blew up at him. And really, it was the root of the issue was a year ago um, she was teaching the kids that Santa Claus was real in the church, and he's like, "Well, you know, we should probably be teaching them something that's actually real, you know, like Jesus." Good point. So taking notes, vicar.
3: Yeah, that reminds me. My wife and I got in trouble for. Our daughter, our oldest, telling her friend that Santa wasn't real, and the friend's parents were mad at us for it.
1: Yeah, Peter was that guy.
3: Right, and so she got really
1: angry at him then.
2: Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, really, the root of the issue was this other thing that had never been addressed. Mm-hmm. And then it was this other issue that just kind of sparked the fire, right? And turned it into something bigger than it, what what it actually should have been.
1: Right. Um. And, and also the reason why I say the first one is because there's a tendency for, and it's a natural tendency, I think, that we have to fight against is to kind of build up sides. You know, this is, this is pastor, because a lot of times when someone finally comes up, there's like, it feels like there's a group of people behind him, right? which is not helpful. And, but if you talk about it early, and by the way, in this list, there is an implicit too pastor's ear, some things you can do to help people talk with you as well. Right. Um, because we have pastor and
2: lady listening to this podcast. But Luther actually has a really great thing in this on the Eighth Commandment and the large catechism, which you should all go and listen to. And But he's really sarcastic in it, which is great. <laughs> he's like, you know, we all have this wonderful tendency where, you know, we have to be proven right and everybody else has to be put down. Mm-hmm. And that's what that natural tendency does. It's to tell your side of the story so that way you're right. I mean, this is all self-justification. Right. You know, is really what it comes down to. And if you don't think self-justification happens, you'd be wrong because it happens all the time. Like, all the time.
1: And and if it's something that you want genuine resolution to... Right. You know, if, you, if it's something where you generally want
2: to bring healing, then... And we all make excuses. Oh, well, I need to, you know, I needed to check with so-and-so or my family to do, you know, to see if this is something I should actually bring to the pastor or, you know, I have a, you know, I had a question and then they answered it and blah, blah, blah. Still, if your issue is with the pastor, you need to go to the pastor. Mm -hmm. That's where you need to go. No more excuses. Number
1: two. And this is, this is one that happens all the time too. Um. Is uh, don't try to read the pastor's mind and question his motives. Th- that, right. That is. This is one thing that, um, you know, in the twenty some years, um, in helping, because I'm kind of a peacemaker. <laughs> you know, you are. That is that is your gift. Um, and uh, the biggest thing that I that I do to help people when they're not getting along in this kind of situation is is to say, you know. You're questioning, you think, well, he just wants to do this, or he just wants to do that, and they're not good motives. And and I say, no, actually, your pastor really cares about you, and he's trying to do what's best for
2: you in the congregation according to the Word of God. And, um, and this is the Eighth Commandment, right? Mm-hmm. You can't see his mind. You can't see his heart. You can only look at what he says and what he does. And so if you are going to put motives on that, then you need to— now, generally, those motives put, are wrong. Put the best construction on it, right? Right, <laughs> right. So, like you would want
1: done to you, mm-hmm. right? And by the way, this pastors this also goes the other direction, right? Because uh, because sometimes the pastor can feel well, you know, um, they just want me out of here. Or they just want
3: this or that.
2: Yeah, you can't go into it with a siege mentality,
3: right? I was gonna say too, I know a pastor that uh, chose to preach Matthew 18 once a year, um, a brother who sins against you and and kind of implement that as a church policy for conflict resolution and ask everybody that comes to him, did you do the first step already and, and talk to that person? Um, what do you guys think of that?
2: Yeah, I think that's a magnificent idea. I think every elder and every pastor, that should be the first thing they ask. Well, did you go and talk to so-and-so about it? Oh, you didn't? Then
1: right. you're sinning. Because Repent. a lot of, what happens, too, is sometimes there's a misunderstanding of what the elders are there to do. You right. Know, like, the, your elder's supposed to be always kind of the go-to-between. So you don't have the guts to talk to the pastor about it, or you're uneasy talking to the pastor.
2: Yeah, they're not the board of control, and the pastor is not the CEO. That's not how this works. This isn't like a corporation.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, um.
1: So yeah, trying to read the pastor's mind, you know, and question his motives, when really, when it, down, when it comes down to it, everyone generally wants does want the same thing.
2: Yeah, I it, mean, but it's, hopefully, everybody yeah. wants, you know, the Word of God to reign supreme in the hearts and minds of men.
1: Number nine. It is helpful for a pastor to know that he that his actions and words are being misunderstood. So explain how you heard it and give the pastor an opportunity to clarify. Yep. Um, It's kind of like the number 10 of, uh, you know, question his motives. That can also be if you missed, if you didn't understand something or, you know, I can't believe the pastor insinuated this or that or that. and witty, witty didn't, and they think, well, pastor was trying to say this or that, when he wasn't, um, you know, if you generally trust in the benevolence of the pastor, and if you didn't understand things, something to give him the opportunity to clarify
2: in a nice, kind way, Right. oh, no, 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 that's not what I meant. Or, you know, how about just saying, hey, I didn't understand this, you seem to say this, but because you're a christian i know you don't say this can you explain this further right i mean it's not that difficult to act like an adult
1: and so when you when you're doing this too is to be to bear in mind um to bear in mind that oh yeah the pastor may not always realize that he's being misunderstood right and that's really helpful for a pastor you know it's really helpful for a vicar for example when someone says thank you for the sermon vicar I really took to heart la da 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 when you didn't really mean them da-da-da-da-da in your sermon, <laughs> which happens sometimes. It's kind of funny. Um, but but to have a chance just to clarify and understand where it's right. coming from um, rather than just get angry. hmm Number eight. Number eight is make it a goal to leave the conversation with more understanding and leaving the pastor more uplifted and supported.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because that's what pastors try to do, too, with you.
2: Yeah. I mean, if all you do is beat him down, he's probably not going to want to be your pastor for a long time. (laughs) I mean, honestly, like, uh, isn't that, I mean, we talked about the ordination vows and stuff. I mean, it's of no benefit to you if if your pastor feels like crap. Mm -hmm. If he hates what he does... If he dreads answering the phone, uh, if going to visit certain congregation members is, uh, makes him feel physically ill, do you think he's going to be that effective of a pastor? Probably not.
1: So make it a goal to, when you, when you do have this conversation, the the, the goal
2: isn't to, I'm going to make my point. Right. Or, you know, do like be corny and use a compliment sandwich. Mm-hmm. Right. Tell them something good, then have your critique, and then tell them something good. Like this isn't that hard. We all learned how to do this. You learning something? Yes, I am. Because
1: you're are you're, you're a little older for, not you know you, your second career, so you do have experience on both sides of this a little bit.
3: In in different ways, yes. With with coworkers and staff members, um, kind of playing the middleman.
1: Right, because you're you've been a church member, but you're also a yep. pastor's son too. Yes, so you understand kind of both sides. Um, but but uh, it also helps the pastor if there is a an issue. You know, it helps him to know that uh, he feels supported, even if there's disagreement. Right, that's always a good thing. That always will serve well. Number seven. I kind of mentioned this a, a little bit before, but remember. You are both or you should be on the same side. Yep. And the, re- what the reason why I, I wanted to put it that way is is people really come to church conflict or conflict with the pastor as there being sides, and I would say there are definitely our sides, and we see it all the time. There are sides between the, the those who want to destroy the church and the gospel from outside the church and those within the brotherhood of Christ. You know, when we refer, think of our fellow brothers and sisters and the pastor as being on this side or that side, I mean, we're seeing very clearly there is the side of darkness. <laughs> and uh, and uh, to say that there are sides really then opens a door for the true wickedness of our world to enter into the church because you're not recognizing who the true enemy is. Mm
2: -hmm. 1 Corinthians 1, factionalism is a sin.
1: Right. The the heart of the gospel is real unity, and not man-made unity. It's unity in the body and blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so um, this is why Paul also talks about, you know, bringing divisions to the table Mm -hmm. and how that should not be so. Because when you take the Lord's Supper together, you're making a confession that you are, in a sense, using the words that are often used on the same
2: side. Well, that's why it's called communion, fellowship. Mm -hmm. Not just with you and Jesus, but with everyone else who's there, which is why we have closed communion. And so remembering that you both
1: are, or at least should be, on the same side Mm -hmm. rather than whatever issue, remember that when when you're talking to the pastor without going overboard and questioning the motives and what he's really trying to do and all those things. Number six. Know that your pastor may not bring about the precise change that you desire, but that doesn't mean he did not listen to you or that he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it does happen sometimes where, you know, pastor doesn't do exactly what you asked him to do or wanted to do, and so you're reaction could be well he didn't listen to me or yeah. he doesn't care I've got a buddy who uh,
2: <laughs> at a funeral the the son wanted to play highway to hell as they were bringing the body out to the cemetery
1: vicar don't do that okay
2: all right uh, so <laughs> so that's always what I think about when it's like <laughs> not getting in the precise change that you might want it's like because sometimes those changes don't reflect the gospel. Now, that one is pretty obvious on how it does. I don't mm-hmm. care if it was his favorite song. Like, Highway to Hell is not appropriate for... For a funeral. Right. Or Mark of the Beast, or The Beast and the Harlot, okay? Probably anything by Avenged Sevenfold or, you know, Iron Maiden probably doesn't
3: work. What about Stairway to Heaven? Oh. Well, anything you by Megadeth. have death. such... That's got a pasture, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Megadeth, I mean, that fits with, like, it could be a mega funeral then, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so what what's your music of choice, Vicar? It used to be country, but I'll be honest with the girls growing up here, most recently we just try to play more Christian music and and, and keep it clean. But they like it when uh when their mom puts her favorites back on for a little bit. Eighties, nineties, two thousands, things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of neutral. I just I'm just the driver, I think. I saw a little
1: meme on Facebook or I don't know if it's a meme or not. It was something that someone had written. I don't understand all the language, Peter. I'm sorry. Um, and it said, uh, pop music with a southern accent is not a country. A southern twang. Yeah, a southern
2: <laughs> twang isn't country. And that's about right. Give me some good 90s country, and that's pretty good. But
1: the point is, it's kind of like, too. Sometimes you go to the doctor, for example, and you think, well, I need this kind of medicine. And so you think, well, the, pap- the doctor should just prescribe this for me. And the doctor might say, well, actually, that's not going to be the best thing for you. Yeah. You might be tempted to think, well, the doctor didn't listen to me. doesn't understand my
2: concern. Oh, he does. And he's just as annoyed because all of those drugs are being played as commercials. You know, we're we're one of only two nations on Earth where the pharmaceutical companies can uh, actually have commercials for their drugs.
1: They don't have to do that anymore. The government's doing it for them. (laughs) 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 So... Um, <laughs> anyways, so just because he, I, I want to, you know, listener, a lot of times he is listening, but he still is trying to, he's got a lot of things to, to think about.
2: And well, and he has to be, he has to be faithful to what he's been called to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what he's been called to do and your wants don't line up.
1: And even if it's something where too, It's something where uh, maybe he has certain things that he does that that has nothing to do with the actual ministry or the word of God or something that is off-putting.
2: Yeah, like he combs his hair the wrong way.
1: Right, right. Does it matter or not? Also, maybe, you know, he desires to change some of
2: those things, but it's hard. Right. And maybe he doesn't like your hairdo either. You ever (laughs) think about that, listener? (laughs) All right.
1: Number five. Listen, be willing to learn and grow, and to understand with an honest heart.
2: I, th- I, I it, got nothing to say to that. That's good.
3: I think that's good advice for husbands too. <laughs>
1: yep. And that, that's also good for the pastor. Yep. As well. You know, we we past. no one's a finished product, right? Not until they're dead, um, and it, there can be a tendency for a pastor to also be defensive, mm-hmm. and to not say, "Maybe you're right." Yep. But a pastor to say, "Okay, I'm I'm willing to learn and grow," and, and the pastors can certainly enter in that kind of situation with the same attitude. Number four. Remember, every Sunday, your pastor forgives your sins. Mm-hmm. Why would I say that, vicar?
3: Because it's true and whatever, you, whatever you're whatever you revealing to him, um, well, it can be forgiven. It will be.
1: I, th- I think that
2: the, re- the reason why I also say that is, is you know, if you're... How, how mad can you be at a guy who, like, gives you eternal life every week? <laughs> I mean, really. It's kind of like your folks putting the meal on the table. Yeah, you might not be very happy with them, but,
3: you know... Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah,
2: I mean... It's,
4: Right.
1: And, and, and the reason I want to say that too is we as pastors make mistakes and and uh, we are always geared towards forgiving, right? There's nothing that we want to do more, regardless of what someone's done, than just to say that your sins are forgiven, that everything is right between. That's why we became pastors is we love the forgiveness of sins. So we want people to know that they're forgiven and having that freedom.
2: Why well, it wasn't for the fame and the money and the women?
1: Nope. Okay. Um, well, it is for some, but
2: are you gonna name names or? No. <laughs> Come on. Um, but uh,
1: but because he, we as pastors are always in the mind frame of forgiving, and mm-hmm. in, in dealing with people with grace and mercy. Um, it's also good for the pastor to receive that same kind of grace and mercy from the people in the pews. Yep. Rather than holding on to anger or resentment and all those things to treat him like a brother that you want clarification for your own sake as well. Maybe that you want, maybe if he's doing something that can be sometimes off putting that he's not aware of to to have a, a, a place where you can actually talk about it and help each other. Um, but but uh, um, remembering he's there because he desires you to be forgiven more than really anything else, mm-hmm. um, and that's why he became a pastor. Um, should change maybe and help you reflect as you talk to your pastor about whatever might be bothering you. Number three, uh, don't put the pastor on defensive on the defense. Talk to him about your experience and your understanding. There is a big difference between why did you do this Then please help me understand.
2: Yes. Once again, like, didn't we all learn this? (laughs) I mean, really, didn't we all learn this? Like, rather than saying, well, you did this, you say, don't you do like the I statements? Like, you know, I feel this way and that, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Didn't we learn all this? Yeah. But at some point.
1: But I would say, you know when i when i when dealing with with grace too yeah is there are and there can be some long established habits in a congregation that could go 50 years back mm-hmm. where people were raised this is how we talk about things yeah and and so people could be raised to to deal with that in a certain way and all sorts of other things but then they grew up complaining about Sunday in the car on, on the way home.
2: Right. So, so. Y- or like one congregation I've heard of where one of them decked a pastor like 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. That's a great precedent to set. <laughs> <laughs> so, so,
1: so there's a difference between why did you do this, then please help me understand. hmm. Because the, the, the goal is different. The Why did you do that? It's um, accusatory. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and if and there's a difference between also, like we said, one by one, please help me understand, or yep. something that's bothered you for a long time in the past that doesn't know about. So let me bring it up at a voters' meeting. You know, there's a difference. So, um, and I know. By the way, me, me bringing this list to the listener, I don't want you to think that I have all sorts of things in mind or instances in mind, Mm -hmm. or things that happen to me. Um, I'm just going with my talk with, I talk to a lot of pastors and a lot of people from a lot of congregations. And these are just general things that will be helpful.
5: Mm -hmm. Number two,
1: evaluate the validity of your point of conflict and its importance. Don't bombard the pastor with drip torture.
2: What do you mean by that?
1: okay, there could be a lot of little things that on the grand scheme of things aren't really, ma- don't really matter. Or so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, and you, you um, little things that don't really matter. And so, yeah, I just really want to talk to you about this, Pastor. Um, I noticed it's, it's um, how can I say this? Uh, you left your light on in your office last night when you went home. And then next week, yeah, um, Pastor, I don't know if you knew this, but um, your shoes weren't tied. Um, uh, Pastor...
2: Um, or you didn't you uh, were shine a... your shoes. You didn't shine your shoes before right. communion. Um Where, you know... You know what I'm talking about.
3: <laughs> yes, yes. Watching with my dad growing up, you see these things. Right. And so... You're in the fishbowl.
1: Right. And so, if it, you know, if there's genuine concerns that you... You have talk about it, and it and let's say the pastor left the light on. Maybe he doesn't realize he does it. Okay, so get him. It a doesn't clap- have to be a thing. Yeah, get him a clapper. Right. Then It'll- he can just leave the office and go. <laughs> right. And it's done. Right. So yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have to. If if it's a big thing that needs to be talked about, yes, you know. But if it's like all, if you're annoyed and all these little things are bothering you and you just you know one after the other after the other after the other after the other, you know then it becomes kind of like a drip torture where once it doesn't bother mm-hmm. you, twice it doesn't bother you, after the 50th drip. Yeah,
2: then then it's kind of a problem. You know, and once again, this is like, <laughs> this is this is the golden rule, right? I mean, I went to an elementary school where that was on the wall, okay? This was a public school. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? And it's like, okay, guys, how about you put yourselves in that position Is that what you, you know, you know, hey, so-and-so, you know, I hate the way your hair looks, Uh, you know, it makes you look like a butch or, you know, boy, your dress is really out of date. Or, uh, I could, I see you didn't park exactly in the, in the slots of church or, hey, you didn't pick up your mail at the, at the mailbox right away. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's just like, come on, you guys, would you want to hear complaints like that all the time? No. No. So just... Put yourselves in someone else's moccasins, as they say. And uh, that brings us to number one.
1: And number one. Uh, Be willing to forgive and to be forgiven. And I think both of both are important.
2: I think the Bible talks about something like that.
1: Yes. Um, Because we really, as a church, we are the best prepared to deal with these. We should be. Should be. Right? So. Um, What'd you think of the list? Am I missing anything?
2: Nope. Sounds good.
1: And and like I said, it's it's words that could be helpful for both pastor and laity to think of these these things because Mm -hmm. we're sinners too. Yep. So, Vicar, did you learn anything? I did.
3: What did you learn? (laughs) How to think about it as a pastor and, and help people to appreciate that we're people too. So, all right. Um, I think that brings us to the end of
1: our show. Um, Wonderful show, but uh, uh,
0: you can do it. We're going to end it, right? You can do it. You can do it. You
1: can
3: do it. Okay. (laughs) I'm Bull Higgin. I'm Berg, and I'm Vicker. And may your sodas be smooth and crisp.
1: Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, On Twitter at P for podcast or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.